like this, don't come on a box score. Keenan with the kale, just give me the rock more. Weather off the glass, nothing but the net. I'ma get you set, pick and roll, we can go with the whole four. Dick Vitel, look at diaper dandy. NCAA with the great Andy. Thank you for having me. Lord knows. I've been thinking about this for a week now. Yes, sir. I wanted you on like a back um like a while back, but I already had like two or three other people lined up for you. Listen, I completely understand. You know, I was yeah, you DM me and he was like, Hey, you want me on the podcast? I was like, you know, shit, you know. Yeah. Just clean my skin. Hey, man. So I had you the final the finals and free agent that was a lot of way. And I was sitting there at work. I was like, oh, crap. Let me hit bro up first. <laughs> but how you doing today? You straight? Yeah, you know, just got done working for the white man. So, you know, he's at home. Shopping shop girls of capitalism got us all under the white man for right now. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll have to do for now. But no, we don't get that, though. A USC's fan just like me. So when did your journey as a fan start? So, um, really, I was a really big fan of Ray. And then, uh, it's fucked that nigga now, though, but, you know. <laughs> really big fan of Ray. And then, just seeing the way Rondo played, I think, like, my fandom really cemented itself during the 2010 run. And just, like, I remember being in the middle of Buffalo Wild Wings and when Rondo did that behind the back where LeBron was going to block his shot, Tony Allen, I screamed. Like, I just yelled. And I I yelled in the middle of Buffalo Wild Wings. I was like, this is the greatest (laughs) thing I've ever seen. And then when he dove on the ball for Jason Williams, I was like, this is is really the greatest play I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) That's crazy. That's what everybody in our um, age range, like super fandom started. Yeah, that's that's really where it started for me. Um, and then I kind of got more of an appreciation for Pierce and KG. Um, and then just like all the things that they did, especially Pierce. Um, and then it, I was, once they left and then I had to deal with the Jeff Green and Jail Green era, I was like, well, if I could stick it through this, I guess I could stick it through anything. So you in um, North Carolina, right? The Hornets won't move you? It's like I like them. It's just they ain't have nobody for real. I feel like a lot of people when they start fandoms for a team, it usually does start with a player and then it goes to a team. It just wasn't nobody on the Bobcats to make me be like, yeah, I need to be a Bobcats fan. Like it just wasn't doing it for me. Jared Wallace was a hit. Was it um hitting note right? <laughs> Crash. Nah. Crash. <laughs> Who else is on the team? Who else is on the bottom? Gerald um, Henderson. Uh, Kimba got on there at some point. Raymond Felton. Uh, Al, I remember Al Jefferson going on. I remember going to a Hornets game, and he had like 20 rebounds or something. <laughs> there was, was some people over there. They have some boys. They just want to move in the needle. I'd be like that. <laughs> I mean, D was talking about, he asked me, so what you um, about the Celtics? So what's your prediction for us at the moment for this coming season? I think we going to be at least top four. Like, it's, I feel like a lot of, I feel like it's very easy to look at the Celtics and be like, 
they're the same team as last year. But at the same time, like, Kimball did so many things last year that I just wanted to rip my hair out of. Jesus Christ. I was like, that Lakers game really cemented myself. Uh, I, I need this nigga gone. <laughs> and when he missed that mid-range jumper for game, I was like, nah, you got to get out of here. <laughs> so, Kimball being gone, Marcus getting more uh, duties as a PG uh having a good bench i feel i just i do not think people understood how bad our rotation players were especially with covid and all that stuff like you sub out jalen and jason and it is a madhouse out there like it's people got dang on planet fitness out there like it's like what's going on we had guys that were supposed to be playing like eight to 12 minutes a game and how to play like 25 to 30. <laughs> Emmy was like the third person off the bench. Like, that's yeah. nasty. That is nasty. Simi was a full-time, like, rotation player. Simi was a situational guy. Man, them, games, them couple games, we'd be up by like 30 and, and niggas thought they was done for the night and they had to come back in, like, with Two minutes left. I was like, bro, yeah, this this team cooked. Uh, that Raptors game where they had the big lead and they put on put Tremont them in, they blew the lead, <laughs> and Tatum and Jalen had to come back in. I was tripping on Tatum was on the bench, like screaming on everybody. <laughs> Tremont is the worst best basketball player I've ever seen. Like he's so shifty and he gets everywhere he wants to go. That ball just does not go in ever. That's I've never seen it before in my life. And Tremont be playing at such a fast pace for like no reason. But then when he get in with the starters, he actually be like kind of fun. You just can't let him man the bench for any amount of time. So yeah, I, I think we're really good. I'm really excited to have Al back. Uh Alville will be there to give extra mentoring to Rob. And like it is and when Rob if Rob is healthy, like I it's not a lot of teams I really feel like can beat us. It's just a matter of if he stays healthy. But that contract extension, boy, I that that made me so happy. Uh, I did not. I couldn't tell if the Wolf tweet was real for like two minutes back when on uh, the day Rob signed. That's real love right there. <laughs> That's real love right there. I, I was trying to sneak the play. <laughs> That's, That's real now. You that. That's real love. I respect that. I respect yeah. that. That's beautiful. Appreciate you, appreciate it. But now nah, today on robbery side, I don't think I was sitting in my car. And I looked down and I seen the extension. So I was just like staring at it for like two minutes. I was like, this can't be real. I even like clicked on the page to see if like it was the troll page. I was like, this really woke. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was at work for the Marcus extension and the Rob extension. Yeah, so both times I was just at my phone like, I'm in the middle of helping customers, looking at my phone to the side, and I'm like, "Smart extension, eighty mil." So uh, the smart extension. I had a. I worked at a house. I had a patient at the time. I was like taking on um, outside to go home, and I had my phone tell like brother the side looked at it, and I almost like completely like walked away, but I had to test myself and I like, go back to it for the moment. <laughs> but the leader old lady sitting outside waiting on her husband. She not more important than Marcus Smart. <laughs> She not, but it's all good, bro. But I'm happy, though. Everybody got their money, except for Dennis, of course, but he going to be in the pool with you, so he know he got a hoop. 
And he he that's why I feel like it is crazy because everyone downplays people that play for the seas until they leave the seas. So everyone was talking so much junk about Kimba and Fournier, and as soon as they leave, they like, well, y'all missing Kimba and Fournier, so y'all can't possibly be as good as last year. Like, do y'all know the things y'all were saying last year? Yeah. Did y'all see what we were seeing about this man? I got so many tweets about Kimba was good. He just wasn't healthy and all of that. He was healthy. He wasn't that good. For back-to-backs all year, just for him to still have to sit out in the playoffs. And that was That's what bothered me more than anything. And then played bad in the three-game season. He almost lost us the 50-point jam. He was, he was moving real nasty. And just smiling the vibes. Smiling that's the that's vibes that. and missed jump shots. That's okay. Kimba, you were cool drive, though. It just, it just wasn't the fit. I love it. But my thing about Kimba is I don't understand the fans that, like, saw all the same thing we did last year. And then was like we could have traded him for something better. I just yeah, don't, I don't understand the thought process going into it when we all saw the same thing. It's like who would trade for this player making this much money? And if anybody, if anybody should get heat for what they did with Kimba, it's OKC because they just spent thirty million dollars to get him off the books. Like they did not get anything off this man. Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. And then they traded the pick we gave or two future protected first round picks that they might not get to like twenty twenty eight or something. I don't I don't know what OKC doing. I yeah. I've been I have been thinking about that. Like every time I think about them, I'm like, you it's this is really gonna be like the Danny Ainge stuff times ten. Sam Presti fooling on us. He just out there running around getting draft picks. Now it'd be crazy if he got his draft picks and leave, and then <laughs> he could blame it on somebody else. That means <laughs> the uh, what's the dude that used to be in Philly, Calangelo, not him. No. What's the what's <sighs> dude that started the process? Started just the process, yeah. I cannot think of his name for right now. <sighs> so I think he actually had a real plan. Hinky, that was. Yeah, we go. So I think he actually had a real plan that he just never got. They really got him out. The, they really got him out the paint, and and he seen the vision. The lead said, y'all got to stop losing games, so they fired up, man. And for kicking him out, they had to deal with Ben Simmons. Okay, Simmons. So, purpose area. Let's talk about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons wants out and apparently refuses to show up as if he's been done some wrong. It's crazy because I kind of, like, I get why he would feel like he's been done wrong kind of but at the same time him refusing to get better at any aspect of basketball since he's been drafted is insane that's crazy he's been at like the things he was doing in his rookie season if you were told me he was doing the exact same things i would look at you like you were crazy you told me he won't gonna be like top 10 to senses about now i thought you were crazy when he was a rookie, I thought he was the chosen one. Because even like, just because even during the playoffs and whatnot, like when he was first getting into the league, I was like, all right, well, I, he, they found a way to shut him off, but he can but very easily fix this. He can very. I was, I was like, he don't have some pride. He don't hit the gym and come back and just chase us to death in like two years from now. 
wrong. <laughs> I ain't played with Jimmy Butler. Like, been playing next to top tier talent his whole career. And then you would think, I would, like, I thought Philly was going to smoke Atlanta. Like, I was so mad because I'm like, if Philly is getting this cakewalk to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then the next thing you know, it is just slowly, but are they about to blow this? When I seen that <laughs> lead, I was like, oh, nah, y'all nasty. Well, I was at work for a while, like, blowing these. So I won't even pay attention. I was like, they're going. I saw Atlanta start hitting. So I was like, oh, this ain't going to be a problem. I just kept hearing, lead the 15, lead back up to 16, lead to 12, lead to 7. I said, what? I said, wait a minute. <laughs> I I remember looking on Twitter and just seeing that it was up by 26. I was like, well, all right. I guess this is about to go 3-2 to Philly or so, whatever the series was. And then yeah. the next thing you know, like, it just kept going down and down. And I'm like, no way. I, I thought they was on um, gentlemen sweep them after the first game. So since they blew them out that second game, too. Yeah, I thought it, it had had been just played in the post just a little, little bit. Like, I, I feel like he can be used not necessarily in the same way as Giannis, but at least, like, be a role man sometimes. Yeah. Like, he do not need the ball in his hands all the time. But exactly. I would not want to see Ben Simmons as a role man. Exactly. And that so seems like an easy fix. It's such an easy fix. Especially since he had Trey on him the whole series too, and like Atlanta didn't have no guards that could literally stay in front of him or like hang or any. I don't think they had front row players that could just say could bang with him except for Capella, I guess. Yeah, if if they would have had him and Tobias Harris or something in a pick and roll, and it's either Trey Gar and Tobias or Ben. If you get Ben on a roll and he either gets a free dunk or he find, he going to find the open man on the cut, like, that's easy bread. Okay. And the other thing that series was, uh, I don't want to get Doc the full blame, but Doc did play the bench just for way too long. And when Doc go to the bench, Doc was going like 10 deep for some, for some training reason. I don't that's the only that's the only other reason I kind of like I kind of feel bad for him at the same time just because I know Doc be kind of if he he if yeah he got us he got us that 08 ring and I love him and he's one of he's probably a top three players coach ever if not the best players coach ever but like when it comes to like just basic decisions I'll be like yeah Doc will see, Doc just be stubborn. He will see what needs to be done right in front of him. But just, I guess he want to trust his guys. Or I don't know what it is. Some people. But he'll can, see it. Like Doc's, like Doc saw Trey getting like destroyed by um, Joker during that series. And just kept on. Some people cannot be trusted. I, I, just, <laughs> I feel like he should know this by now. And some people you should be like, mm, I don't think this is it, big dog. Exactly. That's why I respect Ty, because it's like he's not afraid to be like, you stink. So we're yeah. gonna we're gonna do this for this for now. Ty, we gonna see. Ty Lude on guarantee playing time to nobody except his stars. That man sat Patrick Beverly for a whole series versus the Mavs once they got down. It didn't catch the show about that very next series. Like nothing never happened. Yeah. That's that's a respectable individual. He'll, he he's not going to try enough. He not him him and uh 
I don't need like saying his name. That boy from the Raptors. The devil. <laughs> boy. That man. That man will try anything too. That had Kimba in hell. That man was running boxing ones. I, I ain't seen one of those since high school. On Kimba ball first. I can understand if he threw it out, like, or uh, run Taven to the ground. But that man ran Kimba to the ground last series. I said, come on, bro. He ran Kimba to the ground during the the, the All-Star the game. All-Star game. He was hot. He started play before we did. So, where do you think the best um, fit for Ben is, though? I really like him. I heard, you know, I've heard someone say Atlanta before, and honestly, I wouldn't hate it. I gotta, I gotta look at the teams in the league. I wouldn't hate him with the, with the, the Kings, because here's the way I see Ben. I feel like Ben is a really good floor raiser, but it's he just socks ceiling a little bit. The ceiling is limited until he like improves on his game. His ceiling's kind of limited because if you just if you playing the Sixers in a random on a random Wednesday in January, like you're not gonna be like, all right, this is what we about to do for Ben Simmons. Like you just about to play your regular game, and Ben gonna get his fifteen eight and seven uh, with some stellar defense and and call a day, and that's not much you can do about that. So it's like that's gonna lead you to a lot of wins. And I feel like he can take a lot of teams to the playoffs or at least get them really close. But as far as, to the playoffs. as far as playing them and people scheming him out, it's not it's not it. Yeah. And then I've people talking about him going to the Warriors, and I cannot imagine him and Draymond passing it to each other back and forth. Draymond pisses me off so bad. Cause every time someone puts a video of him throwing the ball out when he wide open the paint. He always tweets about it and being like, I made the right play. Like, no, you didn't. Oh, no, you didn't. The open <laughs> layup was the right play. You got bailed out. Thank God. <laughs> but no, that was not smart. What do you say in that interview? Why would I shoot when I can pass it to Steph? As Steph is being like triple team every time he touched the ball. Steph, like, that's why you should that's why you should shoot. Steph be off ball getting jumped. Maybe had Steph be looking like uh, what's his name from Jujutsu Kaisen when they was jump him and uh, what name was jumping him? Oh yeah, the um, the the curse dude. I can't think of his name right now. I think something like that. Man, they be jumping Steph bad off ball, and Draymond just be getting that ball in the mid range, and he be like, "Bro, where is Steph? Where?" He will turn away from the basket to find this man. Like and that's Steph, bro. Steph be getting guarded by. Three men with with or out the ball sometimes. <laughs> he lucky Steph and I first because I yeah. I would have had to cuss him out right now. If Steph was if Steph was Chris Paul, they have to be by now. <laughs> Man, if Steph was Chris Paul, Draymond would have been gone by <laughs> seventeen. Exactly. After he beat you to the That's why I can't. That's why I can't see Ben on the Warriors unless they trade Draymond. I, I, I can see Ben on the Kings. I can see Ben on the Trailblazers. I feel like, I mean, they're not, the thing is, they're not going to get much. And I don't really view CJ McCollum as much. Yeah. So I can see it being for CJ McCollum swap. 
thing. I don't know how the picks or whatever situation gonna work. It'll help uh, ball handling and having Embiid having someone else who's willing to shoot uh, help him, and then it would help. The trailblazers like wouldn't be food on defense because Lord knows niggas see Dame and CJ and then Norman Crowell they elevate like the way them people in the Olympics was looking at Dame that's how I knew people in the NBA look at him the exact same way. Ricky Rubio food on that It's only so bad I can feel for Dame because some of it do kind of be like the Nugget series. I was kind of when he had that 50. 55 and CJ stepped out of bounds. I was like, all right, I I, I get it. Like, I, I feel kind of bad for you. But like them other ones where he just be letting people drive by him and shooting four for 15 from three in important games. I'm like, this man is not. That watch be kind of. That, that, that watch be looking real G-Shock sometimes. Yeah, he, he do bring it up by himself because he refused to leave. But I do respect him. The subtle complaints that he be doing lately. I don't know if I, I don't know if they're really subtle, but I respect not running from the grind. But you also can't be mad at people from running from the grind when you inhale on a daily basis. Stress. You are you stressed because Composo is putting you in a blender. Exactly, and ain't nobody coming to help. <laughs> Now, I guess that's like the only teams I can really see him on. And then maybe I've seen like a D-Lo for Ben Simmons thing. And I mean, that would be so funny. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Ben could get the Timberwolves to the playoffs. It's just they're going to get smoked when they get there. But they're yeah. going to get there. They get there, especially if they get there like as an AFC and got to see like the Lakers or somebody round one. Man, if Rondo gets two championships with the Lakers, I'll be sick. I was really happy when he got his first one because I, I mean, with his with the Lakers, because I was like, all right, bet. Well, you know, my boy got two. Chris Paul don't got yeah, Chris Paul still got no. We here, real point guy. But if I'm I got, on. I gotta see that man get more rings with the Lakers and the Celtics. I, I'm gonna just start crying and throwing up. I, I don't know. I said that ain't some hate mail. <laughs> I'm gonna say Ray Allen hate mail because that boy. Oh, no, we definitely gonna say Ray Allen hate mail. That boy, it is crazy because I don't even. I feel like when people was talk, when I talk about hating Ray Allen, I feel like people think I hate him for leaving, and I don't really hate him for leaving like that. I hate him because of the way he played in the 2010 Finals after he hit after he hit the record threes, he stunk that stunk the rest of the so bad. I'm this man kept shooting, and I'm like, bro. Please, God, no. He got the he got a get away free pass and he wants to play with LeBron, huh? Man, I remember seeing I remember when the Lakers won. I'm just I went to, I was watching the game with my dad and my brother. I went up to my room and I just cried. I'm like, bro, I cannot believe that this is reality. Like this is this is the nastiest thing I have ever seen. Like every time I see that picture of Kobe holding up the trophy like this, I'm like, you goddamn bastard. Well, I was my that, but I laughed at the Ron on interview, though. I always thought that was funny. We got on the interview. Shout out to Hood. <laughs> Shout out QB. <laughs> Ron Artest is the only good thing that I found about that situation. Facts. 
And then the twenty ten the twenty twelve series where Rondo also balled out and we got the game seven. I, I was like I ain't never seen a bunch of thirty year olds look thirty like that in my life. <laughs> Them dudes with every bit is thirty five that series. Um by the time that series got the game seven. That's why I'm like I feel like people I mean the Celtics, as the OA Celtics are really good, and I guess they are the basis for, like, a super team. But I feel like people hype up them a lot more, especially, like, 2010 and at beyond, when it was really not. Because after 2009, when KG got hurt, like, KG was never the same. Paul Pierce was – I mean, he going to get you his, a solid 18 – and Ray was going to be Ray. And then Rondo was really, like, elevating that team far beyond to what it was supposed to be. I remember us being a four seed in 2010 and people thinking we was going to get smoked by Cleveland. And then a smoking Smoked Orlando. I don't think we, people thought we was going to get smoked by Lakers and we ended up taking it all the way. When Kitchen Burgers got hurt, I was like, Jesus Christ. Man, I wasn't even at home that day. When I got home that day, I said he won't play and we were down 20. I think the commentator said he was hurt. I said, come on. And then 2011, when uh, D-Wade broke Rondo's arm, I, I can't, I can't like D-Wade no more after that either. Because I was <laughs> bro, that was, people be talking about Kelly Olynyk, and I'll be like, bro, do y'all know, did, did y'all see what D-Wade was out here doing? <laughs> exactly. The problem for those years, we ain't had no youth on the team, except Rondo. And then in 2012, we finally had some youth. Everybody kept getting hurt. To me, that's when Avery started playing well. Then his shoulder, like, came off the socket or something like that. He went through the playoffs. Then that's when Jeff Green had the heart condition. So he was out the whole season. We so were, Rondo was the only, like, person on the team under, like, 32. I, I see why they love him so much. Because he was really, like... Yeah, I, I feel like they understand he was really taking them far beyond what they were supposed to what be. They, yeah. and, I mean, he just showed he showed them, they showed him the ropes, and he was like, all right, I got y'all. I'm going to do this for y'all. And he tried, he tried his heart out, and I can't I can't take that for him. Now he got to go to L.A. and get the Lakers straight once again. I need, I need My God, just can't I just not have that team. <laughs> I... I just can't. I cannot get behind the Lakers in that finals matchup because it seemed like it seemed too good to be true. It's not like the Cavs and Warriors joints where they was clearly the best team so close beside coming. It's kind of like how the Clippers and Lakers were too good to be true, and yeah, then they still have a season. It never happened. Yeah, or like what was that year? Spurs and Warriors that one year where the Warriors won seventy and the Warriors and the Spurs won sixty-seven. Then the Spurs got the boot from OKC in round two. It's all it's all basketball guys don't like stuff like that. So we gonna we see who they smite. So see who they don't smite somebody. It'd be, it be crazy if we get Clippers and Lakers and Nets and Lakers in the same year. But I, I don't know. Basketball guys don't like stuff like that. So we're gonna see. I feel like if anybody gonna mess it up, it's gonna be the Nets because James Harden on that team. And Lord knows yeah. that boy. That's why I couldn't, like, he was very obviously hurt, but at the same time, that's what you do. That's what he does. So it's like, when you do that all the time, I can't really say you doing that because you hurt. Like, yeah, that's exactly. what you do. Like, he clearly could move to his, like, best, but at the same time, he was still doing his usual, like, flailing and falling down after three years. 
That shit was like dumb stuff like that. On flail at 100. percent Exactly. So it's like you do this hurt about. So it's like who's to really judge where the injury is affecting? Like, it's clearly affecting you, but this stupid stuff is not the injury. That's your, that's your fault. He was just throwing the ball up. And exactly. I miss when he used like mid range jumpers. Before Dan Tony, the good days. That that was a great when he was in Houston, them early Houston days, and he was taking mid range jumpers, and he was gonna, like doing step back mid ranges, going fed. I was like, yeah, this uh, this nigga did it. And then once he stopped doing that, he just became entirely too predictable. The nastiest thing in the world was when he first got to Brooklyn. <laughs> he took some middies those first couple of games. All the people that usually hate him, I'm starting to like hard thing, and I was like, yo, this is disgusting. <laughs> And this is from somebody who actually like does like Harden for the most part. That's I, like when he does stupid stuff. I it's I want to like like I want to like him so bad. It's just he be doing stuff, and I'm like, where you make it so like that. The the series against the Spurs when Kawhi was hurt. Oh man, that was so thirteenth. I swear to God, I was in my room at when Kawhi wasn't gonna play this next game. I was like, dang. That sucks for the Spurs. It's gonna be oh, real. Easy. I was like, that was a Rockets easy money, but it's, James Harden might to go crazy. The best defender in the league is gone. Man, I seen them. I seen this man had nine points and thirteen turnovers. I was like, oh, you are nasty. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it all. <laughs> you are nasty. Huh? It's a read. But yeah, hard as a nasty guy. That's first. I, I held on faith for a couple of years after that one, though. When they with the twenty-seven straight threes, the twenty-seven straight missed threes. When I was, when I finally legitimately started to waver, and then the next year when they couldn't win the game without KD, uh, when when he got hurt. That, that twenty-seven straight threes thing made me so mad. It was like I've seen. I've seen what why Rockets fans kind of felt some type of way because some of them threes they missed were very obviously bad. But at the same time, if you have missed 10 threes in a row, you need to try something else. Got to, you got to. When you get to 15, 20, come on now. If you hit one mid-range, it'll probably open up your three. Probably. Exactly. And they don't and the thing was they was taking like super tight contested threes and just like forcing them to. And the thing that be pissing me off is that people be up on the Warriors and they just blow it. Houston, right. Houston, James Harden and them be up and then it get to the third and the fourth, and you just slowly see like everything start to crumble. And that's another reason why I can't be giving Dame credit, because that year he was up. Double digits every game at halftime and smoked all Spec- four games. No, specifically up seventeen at some point every game. And then and then blew up. It's like at a certain point, it's like hey, you gotta have some mental fortitude. Man. Come on, man. <laughs> it, I don't. You gonna be playing the monsters? Like if you up seventeen, like you gotta hold the league. You gotta hold the league on one of these games. And you gotta roll thirty. Especially if it's game time. <laughs> and you got role players getting hot every other game, too. Like, one of the games, Byron Leonard had, like, 21st half points. 
And every time Bam got the ball, he would like throw up some super deep three for no reason. Like clank. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, yeah. And then it was a big, I remember the one of the games they lost, Steph ain't play. So it was really Clay and Draymond yeah. versus Dame and CJ. And, and you CJ. would think, like, that probably should go in Dame favor. And they had Dame in hell. It's like it's like when the chances are there, you can't really get past it. So it's like like you can add context to the situation at home and be like, okay, that's not really such and such fault. But then it's always like one or two outlier games or moments where you'd be like, no, that's his fault. <laughs> like this whole thing not your fault. I can't solely blame you for this, but like you you played a part. You played a part in this more than things want to make it seem. And that's kind of how I feel about like Chris Paul and his son's run. I, yeah. I feel like people wanted to uh, absolve him too much because Devin Booker was fucking up. But at the same time, Devin Booker had two back-to-back 40-point games. Like, yeah. Some of that, some of that, Chris Paul. Yeah, some of that, especially the, not the first 40-point. No, the first 40-point game, he was more real, like 10 points. and had like three turnovers in that fourth quarter. <laughs> that man is a fantastic front runner. When that, when that, yeah, when that boy up 15 points. That, 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 15. that, that was the coldest point guard ever. New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> like during that Nugget series, every time they get a lead, Chris Paul would just start chaining the death the whole timeline was the point guard. He he could have been doing this a long time ago. That's it. This and, is the thing. I think that was the basketball guys. They was talking about yeah. they were talking about Chris Paul MVP. Uh, they was talking about Chris Paul Finals MVP. First, first the Chris Paul MVP conversation was disgusting. Yeah. But that finals MVP, after they was up 2-1, I was like, oh, no. No, y'all not. Now, Giannis came, put on the burners. The Giles gave Giannis a healthy knee for the rest of the series. It was a wrap. <laughs> that Chris Middleton agenda was also very nasty. Uh, that was super nasty. But no, that <laughs> one is more funner than anything. Because the Chris Middleton have had to wait, like, two to three games to ever push the agenda. It was really, it was really like... Chris Middleton would have three bad games in a row and would randomly, like, go off for 30, and people would be like, see, this is their best player. And it's like, what are we it's talking like, about? It's like he hasn't outplayed Giannis in the game in, like, two weeks, bro. But every time he got over 25, here y'all come. That's why I'm really glad Giannis ended that with that 50 and 15 and five blocks. Like, bro, that was the perfect game to close on. It's not only did he do that, but Middleton and Drew sucked for most of the game. Uh, yeah, Middleton and them. I, Drew the scripted any <laughs> Drew was looking crazy. It's so wild because it's crazy how like one basketball play really changes so many narratives. Because had KD hit that three, they would still be talking about Giannis going to Miami or something. Like yeah. everything, just every the whole basketball dialogue of Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, like everyone slandered Drew Holiday's extension, like all of us. But just one basketball play flipped all of that into buying into good players and all this stuff. And I mean it is what it is, but like that's yeah. really crazy how little stuff affects that. Exactly. But that's not I don't think that's an indictment. Or anything except like the state of the like culture, I guess, around basketball dialogue, because it's so like hot take based at the moment. Like uh, we be like we be hot take, but we be joking all the time. Like, 
But even after the like, actual talking heads who get to the hot take and like Perkins be coming on the timeline wow. Yeah, calling people like poor man such and such is like yeah, no, that's more that's more funny than it. Like slander, like sometimes you're trying to push an agenda on a TL to be funny, but like when you're on a syndicated talk show that gets millions millions of viewers and you talking about Giannis is Robin, like, like you are nasty, super nasty. That's okay because don't know nastiness get unpunished. Everybody that was nasty throughout this whole that whole last season got something at the end of the day. Like, Perk was running around wildly, but then got blasted by Jalen Rose the very next day after the finals. Everybody who's talking about Paul George. They were, yep, the Paul George agendas. Paul George then finally raised steps to the um, play. I, I'm very glad he was able to do, because I, I will admit I was on the uh, Paul George uh, hate train. It, it, was, it wasn't even hate. It's just like, he really, like, He's just an easy target. <laughs> He's an easy target, but he also brought it on himself at times because he would just say things, and I'm just like, bro, just please hoop. Like, this just is... Please, please. Yeah, I know Kawhi would look at him like, bro, what are you doing? And that was my problem with that whole Clippers team the first year they were there together. Just yeah. Like everybody on the team, except Kawhi, they all just talked and talked and talked and did nothing. I, I don't know. And when Kawhi retired, we may we not see him again. Never. Yeah, we will never see that man again. If somebody yeah. somebody gonna see Kawhi in like the Bermuda Triangle, like <laughs> just on a basketball court. That's cool. Who don't see Kawhi too proud after he retired at his jersey retirement and at the Hall of Fame um, ceremony. He gonna, he gonna pop up at the All-Star game, but he gonna be in the Raptors like Sting. Like, he's gonna be up there. And they gonna be like, who is that? Go be in the press box. Every <laughs> time that man goes to Toronto, he gonna have his own special condo waiting for him. He not pay for none of that whole city again. Uncle Dennis gonna do his uh, Hall of Fame retirement speech. Uncle <laughs> Dennis gonna do the speech for him. <laughs> Reference Kawhi third night. Uncle Dennis gonna give his own... Um, his own statement of his speech at um, Kawhi ceremony. But nothing about Kawhi. <laughs> um, speaking of nasty and stuff, how do you feel about this Rich Paul stuff the last couple of weeks? You feel like it's overblown? It's... You know, a part of it being, I, I feel like a part of it is kind of overblown, but from my understanding of the situation, it also sounded like he was keeping New Orleans, I mean, Nerlens Noel from somewhere from LeBron's interest, if I'm not mistaken. That's, that's what they saying. That's what I was seeing. I was seeing people was like, he was keeping Nerlens Noel from signing somewhere to benefit LeBron or something. And, and if, if that is the case, that is, yeah. that is crazy. That's, yeah. But the owners have hated Rich Paul for a very long time. Very long time. I know they were just looking for something to just anything. Because I can't imagine, I mean, because honestly, even if he was doing that, like, I can't imagine how many of these other agents would also do some of the same thing. Like, I know if if whoever Katie agent, if they were also fucking 
Dennis agent or something, and Dennis wanted to sign with the Nets rival or someone. Dennis wanted to sign with the Lakers. Like, let's say none of this stuff ever happened. Dennis played for the Kings last year or something, and he wanted to sign with the Lakers. That I can see that agent being like, mm, I don't know about that, dog. Yeah, I'm trying to steer him towards like the Knicks or something like that. Yeah, just and it, like it might give you some more money, and then it's like, nah, I wanna, wanna win, I wanna win a ring, and it's like, mm, nah, you know, just slide, I get you some more bread. Like, yeah. I, I cannot imagine how many other owners or how many other agents also do stuff like that. So you know, it's it's a representing someone is a very very hard business and you gotta I feel like you you gotta throw away a certain amount of morals yeah especially to really succeed deep in the business too you gotta you gotta play dirty but my thing about the playing dirty is they act like he the first one like you said to do these tactics and it's like he had to learn the game from somewhere so this is the way the game was taught to him to play you can't keep pointing the finger at him and saying, you see, you see, you see, when it's the common, like, way it's, like, being played, you know what I'm saying? And you can't say, Rich Paul doing this, you see, you see, and then their whole other rest of the field is doing the same thing. Yeah, I, I know them other agents as well. <laughs> I, I, it's only so mad I can be about it. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's an agent, it's a black agent that is LeBron's genuine friend and has been representing, been friends with him since whenever he met him in that airport. Like, I know them other owners are like, this is gross. And he black? Hell. He black. And from what people, I was just like an interview a couple weeks ago um, on Knuckleheads, whatever, when they had um, DeJuan Wagner on them. Just him and, with him and D-Biles played in Cleveland. And from the way they described Rich before, he is now. You know, Risky for everybody hates Chris. Do he could get anything? Yeah, they said that was how like Rich was. That's pretty much how they described him before he was who he is now. They said you needed like jerseys, some DVDs, or you needed anything like that around the way. You could call Rich and he pop up. So of course now you know the dude from that type of background, the conglomerate of rich white people don't want to see nobody like that make it. I, I'm I'm not surprised by that. I mean, he seems like a resourceful dude. I mean, if he could if he could meet LeBron in an airport and convince him to be his friend, like I know that man's talk game is crazy. Exactly. And I you saw, just ride the way with LeBron up the ladder too. That you branch know, off from LeBron and got all the other big clients. You said what? That that you don't know Jay Z verse when he was like, I sell ice to the winter, I sell fire. Yeah. I am a hustler, baby. I sell water that's to the well. That's, that's rich. Awesome. Well, that's fire though. <laughs> so I'm not mad though. I respect the hustle. But like I said, if if he is doing dirty business in LeBron favor, which we can't really prove at the moment. And to me, the LeBron thing sounds like just hearsay or like fan speculation rather. It's, it's, but, gonna take, it's gonna take a lot to prove that, and even then, it's exactly. gonna be like, I, I mean, sucks yeah. sucks. But, but he he probably did do he did. It seemed like he did bad business, so or just like neglectful business. I say on the well part, which it happened. It definitely seemed like he. And from my from what I was reading, it sounded like more he put Noel to the side instead of yeah. really was like I'm trying to finesse you. 
and I certainly can understand why Noel felt that way. But it was also like him and Dennis did the same betting on yourself thing, and it just did not work out. Like he got all like Noel had a whole bad rap or whatever the whole time. Like he was in Dallas. Cause he re-signed there for the low after trying to finesse more money. And then he got hurt. And when he was healthy, he was like the end of the best guy. So now his value was like really, really low. So it was like the opportunity for a big payday was never really there in the past like couple of years. So if he's saying you screwed me out of money for the for turning down the initiative, then cool. But I don't think he screwed out of any money after that though. Oh, which, no. don't make you know, which don't make you no know better though. I'm just saying. Absolutely not. Yeah. Especially when like you a big man who's kind of injury prone, like you yeah. know, it's not money for that. Exactly. Especially when you haven't really had a season worthwhile of being a key contributor piece anywhere until this past year. Man, I used to love I like I I thought Noel was next. I thought he was too. I thought he was in a perfect place in Dallas. Who's that one player that you swore up and down was like next up that ended up being nothing more than like a rotational player? Oh, man. Yeah, that's a tough one. One player. I thought Marshawn Brooks was up there, for real. When we traded from, I thought, like, when Marshawn was in Brooklyn, he was kind of nice that, like, rookie year. So I really thought he was up there, so then he kind of flamed out. Man, I thought Mario Hazonia was going to be a dog. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted Mario Hazonia so bad. I wanted him so bad. Oh, man. Let's see who else. Man, there's a, a lot of guys I thought was up best, but ain't never beat the bill. Uh, Jabari Parker was going to go Jabari. crazy. I thought Williams was the one. I'm trying to. Uh, I thought Dante Edson. No, I thought Trey Burke and Dante Edson were going to be like kind of nice in Utah together. It's crazy how much Andrew Wiggins has accomplished for him to still be slightly underwhelming. Like he has been a 20 point scorer every year he's been in the league, and he he's still like, dang, you kind of mid. And that's so and that's so crazy because that that's just so he was really supposed to be the next LeBron, and he's currently on the match contract still. And he not he's not gonna get off that. Uh, he gonna ride that contract out. <laughs> he might not get another big one, but he gonna ride this current one up. I feel like somebody somebody's gonna get swindled into giving him really big money after this. Uh, like like Harrison Barnes. That's also who I thought was really gonna be one of them. He pissed me off so bad in the 2016 finals. We wouldn't even there's so many things that would not even be discussed. <laughs> Had this man just hit a jump shot, like Kate, KD wouldn't have went there. LeBron wouldn't have had this other ring. Kevin Love wouldn't have one, and I, I didn't hate Kevin Love for get one until this. <laughs> that man don't want to leave Cleveland, but he throwing temper tantrums. That's corny. Exactly. He don't want to leave. He don't want to get no money up to make it possible for him to leave. Which I respect him wanting to hold on to him, but it's like if this case, then, you know, after holding. I guess. I ain't never seen nobody just throw a basketball 
at another player the way at your teammate the way that he did. Like, what are you doing? Are you good? <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> if you gotta sit, just relax. Like, That's awesome. so man, the fact that he missed all those threes and KD went there. Like he was, I ain't never seen a man so wild. He was really Joe Harris before Joe Harris. So, but the thing is that his cold streak came after he had like the big game, and uh, to actually put him up where he won. And, and then awesome. for the following three games, he just clank, clank, clank. Man, Curry would have had a Finals MVP. Exactly. Uh, had he scored in Game Seven, then Draymond Game Seven would have like for real went down in history. Exactly. Hang You're looking on. at Draymond a little different. It's it's so I, I don't if as a matter of fact, if Harrison Barnes would have hit his jump shots, KD would be playing for the Celtics because that was the second place we were. We had the second place he wanted to go. Exactly. Okay, if Harrison Barnes hits some jump shots, then Draymond might not be in the parking lot, you know, calling KD right after the series ended. That man would have been calling him drunk, like, like, ha ha. <laughs> you smoked that, and now we exactly. got nothing out of this. Exactly. Now we got the, the greatest team ever. <laughs> it's, it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> IT with a good hip, KD, Al, I think was Jalen. Yeah, we just drafted Jalen. We drafted Jalen the year Katie signed the Warriors. And then we still had our picks, so we still could have got. Yeah, we still had it. That's that's been crazy. We still could have traded for Kyrie, and we would have had Katie and Kyrie. Katie, Kyrie, Jalen, and Jason. Yeah, and we never had to uh, sign Jordan Hayward. Hate that man. A couple, like you said, a couple of shots change everything, man. A couple of shots change everything. You don't like that, man. I feel like it's because that was really Hayward was one of my favorite players in the league because I just liked him because he really just balled out in Utah every day and didn't really talk that much. And it was, it was just smooth. But like as soon as he came here, his leg exploded, and then he just could not. What made me mad is when he went to the Hornets and was talking about getting an expanded role, and then he was doing the exact same, same thing. thing. He and was then, here. And, and then got hurt. And then got hurt during the playoff push at the end of the season. He he, he was moving. Hey, I so, I, so I hate stuff like that, because Hayward had every chance to have the expanded role here. But every time he would, like, start off a game, Bad or go cold for a stretch. You wouldn't see much the rest of the night. Man, them missed layups during that Miami series made me want to see my TV. <laughs> exactly. It's like little stuff like that. It's like, I hate when players try to, I hate when players try to like narrative their way through interviews and stuff like that. <laughs> like if he had just been like, I went for money or I like, I like this team a little bit more. I'd be like, no, whatever. I understand. But like, no, you ain't gotta lie. Like, you really everyone knew everyone who was a Celtics fan knew this also one of the other things. People talked about Gordon Hayward the whole time. And when Gordon Hayward went to the Hornets, everybody was like, Yeah, look at the Hornets. I'm like, what do you mean? Look at the Hornets. Look at the Hornets. <laughs> who was the Hornets? Y'all lost this guy who was who did yada yada yada. It's like, bro, please. 
Like, <laughs> we, we watch the same games on national TV. Like, it's a loss, but it's not perfect. Like, last year, we would have been fine if COVID and injuries didn't, like, kill, like, kill us all season. Like, the, the end of the 2019 season has not even been a year ago. Like, y'all watched the same missed layups in the Miami <laughs> series that we did. Exactly. Knock it off. Y'all were just saying that he wasn't worth the money. And then he gets the same amount of money. And that's now with some type of, like, tremendous loss. Uh, speaking of Hayward, in the end, I, the moms turned the discourse. Uh, bro. <laughs> I, I, I want to like moms, huh? I do. But they got to stop it. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like J. Cole. I, I kind of want to like J. Cole. We're like. But y'all got to be real, man. Got <laughs> it. Like. Why are y'all acting like Miles Turner is this generational big man? Like every every time I would, every time I would turn on a Pacers game or look at the box score of a Pacers game, I see like fifteen points, five boards, and three 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 blocks or something like that. And I'm like, bro, Rob does that in the second quarter. Like, what are we what are we talking about right now? Like Turner is a great defender. He made it everything else, but he plays very defense. But it's the reason he still hasn't been named to all NBA team. I mean, all defensive team, yeah. Because he like the maybe sixth best defensive bid in the league. Because it's Giannis. No one, by the way. Except for Giannis. Not Giannis number one, but Giannis, Gobert, Bam, AD, AD, MB, and then there's then there's Bowser. So it's like people were wanting us to trade for him so bad, and it's like, there's gonna be there's gonna be so much more money, and we not gonna go nowhere. Like I, I'm so glad we banked on Rob, because Rob is less money, and when he's healthy, he's way better. Y'all can defend pass. He always open, road man to the basket. He be sparking the fast break. It's like, come on, man. The fact that he can pass is my favorite thing about him. Like, it's so many people who can catch lobs and dunk, but, like, the fact that he can be on the perimeter and make a pass inside to someone who's cutting or yeah. them, them passes where he, as soon as he get it and come down, he throw that joint to somebody else. I mean, yeah. Like, that's why I don't get. That's why I didn't get too mad at the, like when he turned the ball over doing that, because like you know he got the right intention. He's just trying to like spark the break. But I guess like lack of timing with him playing, so guys don't know that he's off to the races. Like he will come down with the ball, and while he's still in midair, he's trying to like get it to Kimball or somebody to run up and they're not looking. Uh, all I know, uh, Marcus, Jalen, and Jason love him, so I can't be mad at him. Because uh, they, exactly. they, they know his intentions. They, they know. They respect it. Because you could look at when we played with Rob when he finally started the second half of the season, how much faster and efficient the style of play got to. Man, we was, on, I was like, I'm re- I was like, I'm ready to see anybody at this point. Exactly. As opposed to being slow and bogging down the offense, trying to run the round a thousand screens with Tyson Thompson taking up the whole um, restricted area, taking up the whole paint. I wanted to like Tristan Thompson too, and I'm thankful for what he did at times. I'm thankful for his service. Scumbag season. Scumbag it, season. It is officially over, though, unfortunately. 
Facts. Facts. Our main man, Daniel. Thank you for your service. I really, I really, I really appreciate Tice. We under we had Tice making like five mil a year. He's yeah. supposed to be a backup, but he had no choice to start. Get a good contract somewhere. Come to the seas. Come to the seas for a season. Come get the stock up. Dennis Baca. Dennis Baca be six man at the year level again, and then go get the bag next season. This this about to be the come get a bag team. Like Evan Turner, <laughs> Evan Turner saved his whole career for like two years in Boston. <laughs> Man, Thomas, Jay Crowder, yeah. Bradley, um, Jordan Crawford. Y'all see, y'all see your work. <laughs> Bro, we got we got testimonies. We got live testimonies. <laughs> Al, we got te- Al got the bag. Bro, I thought I was. I was about to like resign for us for the low low. And then here comes the Simpsons trying to be nasty and spiteful and we can pay that man. <laughs> Elton Brand trying to be nasty and swipe out on some high high stuff. And the Sixers trying to be big brain and was like, MB won't have to get guarded by Al if we have him on our team. And he the Celtics cheap player for yada yada yada. See how y'all do without him. And then threw the bag at the man. And then had an awful season. <laughs> They threw the bag. That was extremely spiteful. I am. That was crazy. I think he was trying to go talk to Pelican with Finesse Barry to someone to sit to. That's cool. Though. Like I said, don't, it don't pay to be nasty. <laughs> and it's crazy because he was still probably going to stay, but he thought Kyrie was still going to be there. <laughs> I don't know how he thought that. He was like, he was like yeah, I probably would have stayed. I don't know. Hey. Ain't nobody in the locker. Nobody in that locker room should have thought Carver was coming back. <laughs> yeah, jeez, that's all good. Absolutely. Let's move on from Houston. Like, you made music too, though. Yes, sir. So, so when did you start on um, rapping or whatever? Uh, so it's been about three years of like actually doing it seriously now. Uh, the first song I released, I'm pretty sure, was released at the beginning of. 2018, the first EP I dropped was the beginning, I mean, on Thanksgiving of 2018, uh, the first project I dropped was mm, the end of, I mean, the beginning of New Year's of 2019, if I'm not mistaken. All these so years, made, all these years are running together at this point. They are. <laughs> so made you want to get in that lane, though. Oh damn, that was twenty twenty. That's crazy. <laughs> um, but a, a lot of my like close friends make music. Um, my best friend, he is the manager of Steady Hyperactive, uh, which is currently on my shirt. Hey. Um, so he, it's nine of us in the group. Uh, a lot of them I have known for. Uh, an extremely long time now. So, uh, Hollow, who is the manager of Steady, um, I've known him since like eighth grade. Um, Afro, uh, one of the people in the group, I've known him since elementary school. Um, Faze, I've known since middle school. Um, and then some of them at this point, I've known for like four years now, four years at least. So, um, I have some people that I work with closely. Uh, I 
like my friend David. Uh, I've known him for a while, and then we got some friends uh, like six or five. They do stuff, so like, yeah, it's uh, it's just a lot of it was proximity based, um, and I just liked it so much. I was like, you know, I feel like I know what good music is. I feel like I could make it. So, but and y'all play like instruments or something like that growing up, or y'all are just. Or y'all just like music, so y'all decided to get a Uh, I think some of them did. I never played anything. The only thing I played was uh, that recorder that they gave you in elementary school. It used to go crazy. <laughs> but I ain't never played nothing further. I wanted to learn other stuff, but I do not have the patience to figure stuff out like that. Okay. Um, I got DJ equipment for Christmas like a year ago. And I'm still trying to figure this that out because I I would I feel like I would love to do that. I just need yeah. to actually take the time and like sit and be like, all right, so this is what we're doing with this. Um, Lockdown. But yeah, that was kind of the only thing I would even consider playing at this point in my life. <laughs> that is tough, bro. Your music pretty cool though. Uh, I didn't even know you rapped till I seen um what's the video you and your homeboy was like in the car rapping and stuff. Yeah, that's you me. had that. Yeah. We had um, the Ennis Cancer reference at the end of the show. Yeah, that was me and David. Uh, yeah. uh, for uh, yeah, That was uh, Slick Jordan Woods. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, tipped on your page one day or something. Like, I was like, yo, on your pen tweet, and I clicked on it. That's kind of hard. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. It's a, I try to make a... I try to reference a lot of things that or I try not to do like metaphors and things that are like very common. Like I feel like it's easy to kind of get caught up in the cool is whatever, hot is whatever. But like, you know, I was thinking of that. I can't go back home like I'm cancer. I was like, <laughs> really can't go back. <laughs> that nigga really can't go back to Korea. Like, but that's dope though. So did you take a while to like learn the style of music you wanted to make? Or, like, as soon as you started, it just, like, came to you? Uh, I think it definitely, I think it more so took me longer to get comfortable with what I wanted to do um, and finding my voice and be comfortable with my voice. Uh, It's definitely still times where uh, I'll make something and I might not like it until, like, three months down the line. Uh, Or I... I always try to at least not hold myself, like, hold too high standards on myself, just because I know, like, when you listen to other artists, even if there might be some type of mistakes or, like, certain something may not be mixed the way it's supposed to, whatever, whatever, you still really like it, and you may not even barely notice it unless something somebody points it out to you, but, like, yeah. your own stuff, it's very easy for you to be critical of things that you're doing. Um, mm. so I'm like, and then I was, um, I was watching Kenny Beats talk about uh, like making music, and he was talking about how you shouldn't present stuff with um, disclaimers. Uh, so it's like if you are gonna show this, like just be like, this is it. And if there's something that you plan on changing in it, just change it. 
whatever or just do whatever you got to do with it but like if you got to present something and be like well i'm planning on doing this this and this with it just so you know like it's not no point of you really trying to show it so yeah it was really just more about me getting comfortable with what i was doing um getting comfortable with my voice getting comfortable with actually hearing myself it'll be times when people will play my music in front of me and i'll be like ugh yeah, I hate hearing myself recording. <laughs> like when I was trying to listen to these like podcasts back, I get so like like irritated with how I sound. <laughs> I am doing that right now. Like, ooh, ooh, do that exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that really be the only thing. Well, that's what's up, bro. That's what's up, bro. Yo, I tried um, to my friends like make music and stuff. Like it's like record. Um, I had, like the the like set up my basement so he could like come over, like do his thing because he said he wanted to like rap. And I used to like highlight the funnest time like like sitting in the basement all day trying to figure out the right buttons to press, how to edit this correctly to make it sound like that, how to tell him to come into the verse and tell him to you need to put more emphasis on this or say this like this and stuff like that. Like back when like this was like a couple years ago though. And that used to be like this super fun. So how's that whole process like for you though? Is that frustrating? Is that fun? Is that the the main part for me that I be having to worry about is like when somebody sends me a beat, I'll like write everything out. I'll kind of like think about how I may want certain things to sound or like how I want to hit certain lines and I'll practice it for quite a while. Like I, I record with my homie Vos. Um, I got a couple songs with him as well. Um, and uh, Usually, like, when I record things, it doesn't particularly take me long to record a song because I'm kind of just flying through whatever I got to say because most of the time, like, I done practiced it so much, I kind of know how I want to do this. Um, and then it's really just about, like, when it's time for him to go and mix it, I'd be like, hey, you, you do what you got to do. I think I have, I know what I want to do for this, but if you want to try this, like, we'll see how it goes. Um, a lot of the stuff on the last thing I released uh, from Rome, uh, uh, that was kind of him like experimenting with some of the sounds and things like yeah. that. So um, that's really be the main thing. I I don't, I don't really got to worry about much. So when the song or project finished, you be walking with your chest up for a couple of days, don't you? <laughs> You walk around like you him once you know you got some heat, you know. <laughs> when I finish and, and when I release it and and just hearing people's genuine reactions to it, that'd be kind of be the thing that uh, keeps me going, especially like um, my family. Because yeah. I feel like when you start, the odd thing about starting um, things for yourself, whether it be like a podcast or uh music or art or whatever is like showing the people you care about because then you like i wonder what these people are gonna say about this and especially with me rapping i did not know what my parents were gonna say it was like <laughs> i don't even remember how my parents found out but my mom was like hey i like this and i was like Word. <laughs> what oh, that's the battery in your back right there though <laughs> I guess, I guess that's cool so yeah. that really be the thing that, uh, that keeps me going. That's what's up, bro. That's what's up. Y'all be on uh, performing and stuff, don't you? I seen um you posted a pic for was it Halloween last year, I think. Yeah. Where you had the um 
Karapika. Karapika. Dude from, huh? Karapika. Yeah, Karapika. Yeah. He's on stage so with the Karapika outfit on. It was a lot of different. Uh, we had a, it was a lot of people dressed up that day. Uh, one of my friends was Gojo. Um, one of my friends was a member there. One of my friends was Obito. Uh, one of my friends was. I'm gonna get this picture. Who always who? <laughs> I know one of my friends was Harry Potter. Um, one. It was a it was a very fun day. We performed at this uh, barcade called Reboot, mm-hmm. and everybody was just like, everybody was just made back. Um, and one of my friends was Skeletor. There we go. <laughs> I'm thinking for this Halloween, I want to be uh, Vash from Trigun, but yeah. I don't know where I'm gonna find that jacket. And I don't know how I feel about carrying that big ass gun. <laughs> Especially being black. I uh, have to leave the gun at home. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be kind of scary. I'm gonna try to leave the weapon where you at. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not a lot of people that I really be like. I, I wanna be somebody cool, but that I also don't want to run into nobody else. Yeah, I want the home. And my brother went to Comic Con a couple years ago. I went as um, Luffy, and he was of um, Anbu from Naruto. Them niggas be getting clapped. Yeah. <laughs> Them Anbu niggas be fooled. Boys be getting smoked. <laughs> ain't that? I Naruto is so it's such a, a, a don't, fun. Don't, don't get me started on Naruto. Nice. <laughs> it is. It's crazy because I I feel like Naruto was really one of the greatest things I've seen, and then Shippuden everything out the window. And I'll be talking to my friends who really like Naruto, and I'll be like, "But One Piece." (laughs) One of my friends, one of my friends, he's like, he loves Naruto to death, and he caught up on One Piece, and he's like, "I still don't like this better than Naruto," and I'm like, "Bro, how?" Like, bro, you are in Wano. Like, you watching niggas get busy right now. Exactly. Ow. My friends refuse to, to watch One Piece. They uh, keep complaining about the length. I was like, you don't have to. It's like, you don't have to finish all the water. It's like, it's not going nowhere, bro. <laughs> uh, all I be telling people is, like, uh, what, you going to watch it, and it's going to be a certain point where you be like, damn, this is too many episodes. And then you're going to be like, damn, this needs more episodes. Exactly. I remember finally getting to Wano and I'm like, bro, I'm about to be caught up and I don't want to be caught up. Bro, I hate, I was so mad today. I finished. <laughs> I finally caught up on the episode where um, Luffy, Luffy like took the poison or whatever when they was in the jail um, and in Wano and I was like, bro, I got to read? And then once I caught up on the the reading, I was like, "Bro, what the hell am I, I at once a week?" Like, and then all yeah. the breaks, and I'm like, "Ah, oh man, the breaks be killing me." I be I be like, "Don't be having the like strength to read once to come back on break." And I and I be understanding because he be I I know he be going hard, so I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, let him, yeah, let the artist cook." 
how, how long did it take you to catch up? So I started in November of 2019. And then... In November 2019? Yeah. I started in November 2019. And then I caught up by November 2020. Uh, and really, the only reason why it took me longer than that is because I remember I took a break during, I think, after Scott Pia. So I could. No, I took a break after Enos Lobby. Cause I wanted to catch up to one piece. I mean, I wanted to catch up to adventure time. Cause I never watched adventure time all the way through. Um, and I definitely do not regret that. Cause that was amazing. Um, and then it took me so long to finish fish. I mean, at through the bark. Cause I was like, I don't know, dog. This Mori not really doing it for me, but that ending, it made it all. Worth it. And it's crazy because I ain't like Scott Pia like that either until I got close to the end. But then I rewatched it um with one of my friends and I was like, damn, this is gas. Like I don't, I don't really know I was missing that time. It just set the stage for so many things that I didn't really notice. Um but and then I think I took a break after uh, right after the time skip, just to kind of like let some stuff sit. And then once I once I finished Fishman Island, I was breezing through. And then, okay, so the only other break I took was when Luffy was fighting Cracker. I was like, bro, I need this to end now. <laughs> I was so sick of this. It, it felt it, that that fight felt so filler. I was like, I need this to be. I need this to be done. But then once that ended. Whole cake was at, my friends were telling me they ain't like whole cake like that, and I was like, how? How? <laughs> I was like that. But the the uh, dinner was crazy. The fight was crazy. Dang, um, niggas died. <laughs> uh, the escape was crazy. Germa was crazy. I was like, bro, I don't know how y'all don't like this. I I don't like whole cake more than yours. Early. I don't know. It's not. It's, it's not that for me. <laughs> only the and the only reason why I would say that is because Drift Frozen kind of went on a little bit too long. Like it was yeah. like it was. I remember the beginning of Drift Frozen. I was like, "Oh, this is the greatest arc <laughs> I have ever seen." Yeah. And then yeah. they just kept doing stuff, and I'm like, "See, I like uh, see." So you watched you watched on Drift Frozen. I was like reading that stuff on though. So for me, it was kind of like I finished that whole. It was like a hundred like. Two chapters on. I finished that joint like maybe like a weekend. <laughs> that's how locked in I was to that job. I was reading like when I first got from work when I was at home. So it only took me like a couple of days. I was like, yo, this is the greatest I, time I ever. Heard the pacing is a lot better. So I can definitely uh, understand yeah. that. But yeah, that, that watching that on the anime, I was like, hey, I was doing a lot. Like just the unveiling of what all Dope Flamingo was doing. It's with the toys and what the toys were, I was like, "This man is the most evil thing." I <laughs> that's what. See, that's one thing I love it for. It will introduce like so many elements, like in like one arc, but or like three arcs back, it'll introduce like some tiny insignificant, and then it'll finally all pay off and like come together. And the and the end product is always like so fun. 
Like that man in Skypea, and he did that walk behind Kuma. I was like, it's not like this nigga with the mink. He looked kind of cool, but you know, I don't really know who this is. When they was introducing the warlords, like I was like, all right, I see it. Just the fact that he ended up being as important as he was was wild. If Oda do anything, it's a backstory. If he do anything, he gonna do a backstory. <laughs> that man backstories be fire. I I do not know how he. The fact that he made niggas care about Odin as much as he did is just a testimony to greatness. So Odin's my like, Odin is my top five favorite characters, and all we got from him was a bad story. Oh, <laughs> That's it. Was lit. At most ten, he was in like ten chapters. Like, exactly. That's my guy, though. Is the goat? Like Odin was like, all right, I got y'all. Hey, he, because we had the whole time. I'm just like, I mean. Niggas talking about old, and I'm like, I mean, I guess I'm I mean, cool, I guess, but like, like sorry, your nigga did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they have been talking about Odin since what's his name got introduced, and in right, Punk Hazard, and next thing you know, like Oda, like, Odin, that man was living. Let me show, <laughs> show y'all something. Yeah, right. That man got his bad for that show. I, I I know that man hand was on fire right in the middle. <laughs> like, was, I was I felt bad. I didn't even want to read the Odin um backstory. So I like took a break reading it until it was finished. Then when I finally read the whole thing, I was like <gasps> <laughs> This man Kaido was so shook. You don't get Kaido out of here. I can't wait for that man. That boy about to be on his shirt. <laughs> I'm so excited. My Kaido and my Kaido theory is that he's the Drew Brees of all the like elite pirates. So you gotta look at it. When everybody else was outside and alive, he was held up on Wano, chilling, dominating the weak little people over there. He, he playing he was playing in that dome. He, like Drew exactly. Brees. He was in the dome. When Whitebeard and Roger was outside, Kaido was in Wano, setting off from the rest of the world. Quiet. <laughs> they was in the field and he was not. And he's sitting there mid battle having flashbacks about and PTSD over dude who been dead for like twenty years. Like, they kill. Uh, they put Odin in boiling hot water, and this man says, "Shoot him right now, please." please that's the only way y'all gonna kill him. Like, please shoot him. Like I'm that man was shook. Zoro pulled up with Emma, and he was like, "Nigga, is that Odin?" No fucking big mom said, bro. If you don't dodge, you about to big die. Big mom said, you don't get yourself together like you. <laughs> I've been panicked to tell Is I heard I heard a lot of I was hearing a lot of big mom slander as I was catching up, but I really like big mom. Right. I like I, I respect her as the character, but I hate her. I don't like she's not a bad character. I just hate I, I, I guess she's her. doing her job. Yeah, she's definitely doing her job because I love I I hate her as a character, but like I I I love her character and I hate her because she's like really when she pulled up on Wano, I was like, no way. Uh, <laughs> well, just her, just her introduction when Luffy called her and was like, "Nigga, I ate all your shit." She's like, "Nigga, what?" <laughs> 
Goofy was like, I'm going to kick your ass all the way up and down the new world. And she said, bet. And she been terrorizing this man ever since. She cut like that. She cut like that. She, she cut from a different call. Then when they shot that missile at her and that missile bounced off, I'm like, oh, nah. Yeah, she wanted that. <laughs> like, your, like it, I hate it. She like that. Any any other Yonko would have been toast. Done. Exactly. <laughs> done. If, if, right. if niggas would have made an Odin missile at Kaido, he's done. <laughs> oh, snap. Well, I'll see you wrap this joint on up, though. So you already know at the end of every episode, we do the top five joint. So you ready? Let me, hold on. Let me, uh, let, just explain this to me. Just so I know. Oh, all right, you're not the end of the episode. We do a top five segment where I got to ask you a handful of questions and get your faves. Okay, I'll just go. All right, bet. Oh, so you ready? Yes, sir. All right, first off, the generic sports question. Let me get your top five favorite hoopers. Uh, Rondo, Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason, and KD. Jason, nice. Uh, let me get your, so we on top of the one piece. Let me get your top five one piece therapists. Luffy, Zoro, Law, uh, Robin, and bro, it's so many characters. <laughs> so damn cool. This is. I think I, um, I might go with Whitebeard. All right, I'm going to say Roger. I'm going to say Roger. All right. Roger. All right. All right. All right. And the last one, let me get to top five artists that influence Um, Saba, Michael Christmas, uh, artists I listen to. I'll be listening to so many things on a daily basis. I'll be listening to uh, 70 soul music to work out. That inspire me? I'm trying to... Hmm. Isaiah. Uh... Jayden and I think I'm a, I think I'm gonna say Carrie Fo. Is is you you remember No Small Talk by Camino, yeah. the girl that was on that song. I have been listening to her since then, and she is. She like that. For, for, for sure. All right, that's it. Well, I appreciate you coming on, bro. I, listen, I appreciate you having me. I can't wait. Good time, good time. You know you on the homies. Had y'all to y'all to talk to homies from the timeline. Plus, the black dudes. I don't see like as many of them sometimes. <laughs> Now you know I'm I might not be running with the posse, so I'm probably gonna have to defend Grant for a couple hours. That y'all boys be dodging, bro. Well, they be dodging, bro. <laughs>
Man, when I first came in there and I seen they was giving Grant hell, I was like, what happens? And every time I ask, they always be like, we don't know. And I'm like, you hate to see it. Because I always understand it's always somebody in a friend group that just gets it for no reason. And Grant just happened to be that guy. Grant just happened to be that guy. So I appreciate you coming on, dog. I appreciate you having me. Be easy, bro. Bye. You too.